You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more information about this show, as well as my other show, Enthusiasts, previously called How to Stan, visit 17caratkpop.weebly.com. And sign up for the show's free newsletter for interviews and much more at 17caratkpop.substack.com. Thank you! Hello everybody! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Today we're going to pick up where we left off counting down the best releases of December and January. Let's just dive right back in. Hua Chen Yu, Hope. In addition to a fantastic choice for an album title, this music really stirred me because his voice is just really compelling. And he always makes just very grandiose decisions. Each song is like its own unrushed mini musical. Like you are watching a big live band performance, all encompassing to listen to his music. And I just love how unrushed it is. Actually, quite a bit of C-pop is relatively longer. They don't worry about, like, needing a certain time to go viral or get radio play. So they can have some five-minute long songs. And also a lot of beautiful ballads that are that long. And he definitely fits the bill. Just nice, slow reveling in a beautiful choir, beautiful instruments, some fun rock-tilted ballads, big productions. He saves lightness for the final track, which kind of lets you then sing along, chant along, but on the whole, definitely made for feeling emotional and ready to watch the live version. New Jeans, OMG. Talked about this a lot on the episode of my show called All Things New Jeans, so I won't say much more here, but definitely another standout release for them and another testament to what they're doing with their music that's different. The New Jeans formula, really something special, I decoded in that episode. Number three, NCT 127, AO. I love this so, so much. I could spend forever talking about it, and I won't. I did go on and on about Two Baddies, the pre-repackaged version of this album, why it means a lot to me just personally, how it just hits all the right buttons in my brain, given my sensory issues. It just works magic on me. It's incredible. But the more objective ways, it's a really high-quality album, too. I really dove into that in my Two Baddies review on Substack and the episode called Two Baddies, an NCT Talk episode, plus the newer one, the NCT Talk concert review. Anyway, they've done a stellar job. The three new tracks on the repackaged version seamlessly fit into this track list, showing off what I love so much about their music on a personal and just objective music critic-wise perspective. They mix this funky hip-hop confidence, making noises that would otherwise sound annoying and sharp, melodic, with the siren sound, warped and added to this catchy pop beat with AO. They still have that typical cringe factor that I love. They're weird in the best way. Taeyeon's spiky hairdo in AO. A cool, possibly unintentional TVXQ homage. It's just such an NCT song. Just unapologetically cringe. Don't care if it looks cool. Just say AO. Just dance along to this distorted siren sound. Sing about being just confident, seizing life. They keep that similar uncaring fun, not afraid to just have fun and let loose feel to DJ. Super feel good, super upbeats. And I always love that they bring it home at the end of the day by centering the weirdness, grounding it in true talent. A lot of artists can try to pull off very out there experimental music, but not so many can excel at it without making it just seem bizarre. To really sell it to the audience, you gotta add some it factors. And they do that with their beautiful harmonizing and catchy hooks. They just mix 
weirdness with classic staples of pop hits. Their formula is back with DJ and AO and Skyscraper, which is full of fierce rapping and similarly feel good with its message about just surpassing all limits. NCT also continued to win for Best Bridges. Best Bridges, I mean, it's 2023. I'm still thinking about Shane, The Bridge and Simon Says, top tier. And Doyun is back to be swoon-worthy on this bridge. I also just want to shout out while I'm talking about them, what a cute, charming start to your morning you'll have if you rewatch the cute selfie cam style video for 127 Time Stops. That video they released in honor of our special holiday, 127 Day, January 27th. So cute, so sweet. Love that present and that song. Monsta X, Reason. They've always been one of my favorite K-pop boy groups, honestly. Like, they really have something special. They add to every performance. They're very hands-on, which makes it irreplicable what they create together. Juhani's rapping, especially his trade-off verses with I Am are always fire. Kihyun's high notes. Hyunwon gets a lot of very welcome, unexpected spotlight with the title track vocals. They all just add their classic strong suits to this. In your face, very fun songs as always, that stay chock full but always in surprising new ways. Crescendo is one of the standout b-sides. It's an interesting combination of drill with traditional Korean instruments. There's 90s inspired hip-hop with It's Alright. My favorite b-side personally is Lone Ranger. It's very vivid, really provokes images in your head. And it ends with just Ki Hyun's stellar note. As for the Beautiful Liar music video, I must remind you of my Monster X storyline theorizing because this fits right into that story I broke down in previous Monster X dedicated episodes. Past details I told you to keep an eye out for in Monster X's work that are back include levitating, the words that end up painted on the walls, flames, handcuffs, and other restraints like chains, and the group of people surrounding them that become like this masked, hooded, mysterious figures-filled blob of people, these monotonous followers. The most notable connections seem to be between Fantasia, or Fantasia as they say it, and Beautiful Liar. Minghyuk is the main event. He's the one who ends the Beautiful Liar video, seen alone. For a second, his close-up is black and white. He also had a black and white flashback years ago in Shine Forever. And he was a key character in Fantasia, in part of the set of teaser films. He was the main star the other members ran up to to congratulate on some big task. Plus the chains were a big symbol in Fantasia. Juhani held those. Fantasia also had the group of mystery audience members. The platform in Fantasia burst into flames just like the stadium now is a flame in this video. Lots to read into. Plus remember, each Monster X member seems to be representative of a seventh sin. Minghyuk's seventh sin is gluttony, referring to excesses, indulgences. That's why he was the center of attention in the greedy treasure hunt, gold aesthetic-filled Fantasia era. And now he's back to a noticeable role when they sing about deception, being lured in, and then realizing the dark lie beneath the shiny objects, basically. Visual and narrative continuity. I also must just say, they look really good. In the leather outfits, with thick black eyeshadow, silver bling, they're rocking it. 
drum roll please for number one which will definitely not shock you if you listen to recent episodes of the show i did several all about this album so i'm just going to tell you the name not talk about it more here because i already did very extensively and on substack best album of 2023 so far i know it's early but whatever really incredible storytelling top tier group so impressed with them number one best of january 2023 is TXT, The Name Chapter, Temptation. I will say really quick though, I don't think it made it into the final cut of either TXT episode recently, but pay attention to the train. At the beginning of the Sugar Rush Ride video, there's a train in the ocean. The train crashed into the ocean. Look out for that detail. If you know, you know. Now for a massive rapid fire round of tons of honorable mentions that I was considering to pick both for December and January. Henry has finally come back with Moonlight, a cheerful self-written song, with a simple but effective video premise. He drives by a bunch of people dancing on their own, then they all unite and dance together eventually. He then sees the sun is finally rising. Pretty straightforward symbolism, but a very sweet release. And side note, one of the reasons I cannot wait for Taman's return, one of many reasons, is that I would love at least the smallest possibility more of having a trap return. A new stage performance of trap, or even just a live stream chat. I just want some nostalgia for Henry and Taman's collab trap with Kyuhyun. Just legendary K-pop stuff. Speaking of throwbacks, Vic's subunit, Hyuk, Leo, and Ken teamed up for Gotta Be Alright. A piano pop ballad that similarly utilizes a straightforward but sweet symbolism. With this animated video showing a person running through a variety of settings. Honestly though, one of the reasons I demoted this out of the top 20 contenders list and just moved it into the honorable mentions category is because the video ends in a way I think is supposed to be sweet but was concerning. This animated character like floats up into heaven basically. Like he just floats up never to be seen again. So so I have some questions about that secretly morbid ending, but this song itself, really sweet about friendship, recharging each other, leaning on each other to persevere and get strength. A similar sweet friendship ode is on Haiki's album, Rose Blossom. The cutesiest song is You Are My Key, but the new title track, Rose Blossom, is just an evergreen message. It's also interesting how straightforward they have been with their motives, saying that Haiki was meant to be this group about health. Like, you live a physically healthy life, that's why they released Athletic Girl. Now they're talking more about mental and emotional health on Rose Blossom. There's some very Itzy-esque songs on this album, like Ring the Alarm, that are worth your attention. If you're a big fan of OG Oh My Girl, like Secret Garden, pre-nonstop Oh My Girl eras, you will love the new girl group ILY1, especially Twinkle Twinkle. But yeah, the whole album in the whole project is called A Dream of ILY1. Signature have returned with the EDM slash house music based Aurora. Lots of bubbly pop fun throughout the album, My Little Aurora. Lots of just danceable, super happy songs. The vocals really get shown off the most on Parade, but it's still very bubbly, with very chant-ready, live concert-ready choruses. I'm Okay has a cool vibe for fans of NGK46 especially. Fun fact, they actually teamed back up with the Boyfriend-era choreographer from YGX, Lee Jun. Got the beat? Stamp on it. 
they continue to have quite a smorgasbord of aesthetics, of video premises thrown together, of sounds thrown together. So honestly, I'm still not sure how much I like this super group. Just because they're super thriving individually doesn't mean I'm going to love them all at once. But I do like this new single way better than Step Back, and I think the B-sides are really just objectively well done. There's kind of an everything-but-the-kitchen-sink approach. While we're talking about Got the Beat, Hill revealed in a recent interview that Got the Beat were scheduled to be at Coachella. Like, they were invited to perform at Coachella, but declined because they only had one song Step Back at the time. I have many follow-up questions. One is, is that the right thing to do? If I were an artist, but with only one song, would I want more time to prove myself before accepting that invite? Or would I jump at the chance for early career exposure? Second of all, who reached out to who? I'm really curious because she said it like they were asked to go. Maybe asked by Sumi and Lee, not necessarily Coachella. I feel like he would be the kind of person to cold email people at Coachella and be like, hey, can I get in on this? And I wonder if Espa was not the first choice for who would appear for MSM Entertainment. Maybe Got the Beat was choice one, but they mutually decided they didn't feel ready for it. I don't know. I have many follow-up questions about that comment, but we'll see. Now that they have more music, maybe they will have a festival cameo. It would actually be pretty cool if they had a surprise Got the Beat performance mid-ESPA set. I and I Awakening. This album is definitely for fans of the boys. Dramatic is definitely giving me Maverick vibes. It's a great choice to open the album, dramatically, with this unpredictable hodgepodge of sounds. Also in the sonic realm of Maverick by The Boys is their song Bad Boys, which is a nice appreciated Rocketeer lyric referencing a past song of theirs. More of an R&B pop style, but with a lot of chanting and playfulness too. The jazzy do-what-you-like. Brighter and Mirror are piano ballads. Let Me Fly has the perfect, buoyant, upbeat, light vibe the song title requires. Last thing I want to highlight about this album, We Are, brings the energy back up after those ballads. It's guitar-driven, and it's a great one if you really are not feeling the album. If you're like, this is not for me, none of this is catchy to me, stick around for We Are. I think that one is most likely to be a crowd-pleaser. Nogizaka 46, Kokoni Wanai Mono. They have their classic, fast-paced J-pop sound, but they do have ebbs and flows. It comes and goes in waves. Rising action, falling action. Rising action, falling action. And I like the bookends of it, where track one and the last track have the same celebratory feel. So the album has a lot of changes vibe-wise within it, but then the start and finish tie it all together well. Girls Squared, a pair of singles, Love Genic and Bye Bye Bye. Love to see them in a new light, with Momoka Sumitani getting a much-deserved solo, plus splitting up into a unit, they mix things up this time. Bugvel, Diamonds, honestly just an honorable mention because they picked the wrong title track. I definitely think the song they should have gone with is Back to Reality for a title track. It's more danceable, upbeat, the fun chanting and stuff, more crowd-pleaser elements to it. Diamonds was an okay choice too, though. Little Parade, Emotional Express. There are some interesting zigs and zags that album takes. I will say the most rollicking, the most rousing and memorable, most standout track is the fourth song, Worldly Desires Grind. Exile, Power of Wish. Very super junior, reminiscent harmonies. 
The best track is Sunshine, especially for that surge in the pre-chorus. Love that touch. Stick around for Power of Wish, which is probably sonically the most distinct from the other tracks. So this is another one where you may not be feeling it, but you gotta stick around and give that one a try. Power of Wish. Mirage Collective. Mirage. This is an interesting album that basically just takes a song and gives it every remix under the sun. Every version you can imagine. Club-ready version, one that sounds pretty much underwater, saturated with electronic filters, brassy beat versions. That song is just done everything with, given every makeover. My personal favorite, the Tofu Beats remix, aka version 5. Octpath, the boy group, did something really different for Run, which does run all over the place musically. Like, on its own, it's almost like three songs Frankenstein into one song. I kind of find each individual part catchy. Not sure how I feel about the final way they're stitched together, but it's a very memorable single. And we're going to talk more about the more catchy songs from the album that just came out in February, probably in the Best of February episode. So I'll just talk about the single run for now. More on it later. I will just say give it a try. Parts may sound disjointed, but catchy nonetheless. Plus the video is cute because they look so good in pink suits and you can tell their synchronization has really improved. TVXQ released a new pair of Japanese singles, Parallel Parallel. It's an interesting, really light synth pop, upbeat pair of songs compared to the more intricate, layered, often theatrical songs I'm used to for their Korean releases. This one's definitely tailored to J-pop fan preferences. The video, though, stays in the realm of Kwanya, their magical cinematic music video universe, with all of the giant objects, the chessboard, other size proportion, mix-ups like the mini diorama of a house, making them look giant by comparison, but also super small because of the giant chess pieces. They have a Wonderland-esque changing of perspective as you watch them, plus objects float around them. It's a very magical, obviously inspired by Kwanya premise, the emission of the two 2D images, the skateboard that falls from the sky, the way with literally just a wave of his hands, Max Chainman opens the ceiling, opens a hole in it to see the sky, plus they end up turning around and walking towards that elevator, the metal elevator, the silver elevator, I talked about at length being a key key symbol to know what Kwanya is all about, their transportation to different dimensions, that elevator is really key in NCT videos too, I did my whole red string bulletin board conspiracy theorizing over that elevator symbolism in past episodes of the show, but anyway, got me very excited to put on my theorizing hat while watching this video, the gold picture frame, another easter egg. This was chock full if you're like me, and pay close attention to the SMCU's repeated symbols. I also just, outside of the theorizing potential, appreciate the character of this video for Parallel Parallel because they continue to show off just how commanding their stage presence is. They're really good at just filling the space, even though there are only two of them. Their choreography is big, big wide motions, they have big loud outfits, they complement each other, but also have a couple of pops of different colors. They're doing things, no Max Chamin pun intended, maximalist, to stand out and also be a dynamic duo. They work so well together. Ozone Unicorn I'm so glad this mini-album includes OAO, the pre-release single Bop, can't Control It is a good one for fans of Life is Still Going On by NCT Dream. 
And the Sun Unicorn is a guitar-based road trip-ready track with the sentimental piano component. The music video is quite a treat for the eyes. Lots to look at. An enormous amount of pastel colors, from the painted stripes on their car to the businesses they dance in front of. Big, big, big pastel aesthetic. And pretty scenes when they change into white clothes and dance in front of these pink trees with a sky that's half purple, half blue. Even their props are aesthetically pleasing, like the holographic, extra chic layer to their telescope. Sabrina Lowe, Get My Way Up. Synth pop, mando pop delights, although there are slower, vibier songs like And Then. Get My Way Up is good for fans of impurities, I would say, by Lay Seraphim. Set Me Free is the slow guitar number, more slow guitar strumming on Staycation, R&B with Tipsy. She overall makes the case for more mellow pop, more chill vibes rather than the high energy part of the spectrum. A personal favorite, I would say, Romantic Algorithm. Very city pop-ish, retro. Super Junior dropped the festive celebration, including a previously unreleased Super Junior KRY subunit track. They first recorded in 2012, If Only You. They also include a remake of Turbo song, White Love, so it's very much a nostalgia trip and a Christmassy album at the same time, but it also is some newer stuff. Snowman is a good one to win over people who don't really care for Christmas music. It's got its own thing going. I love the harmonica in it, the harmonizing. White Love is a good one for non-Christmassy people to dance to as well. So it's very much a winter album, more than a holiday one. Blue, B-L-O-O, released Hug Me Tight, an acoustic trap meets 80s-inspired synth beat jam. Take Me As I Am pretty much summarizes the whole song. And the video is very scene-setting. As he lies on this bed alone, these aerial shots and camera rotations really emphasize that loneliness he feels and the need to be hugged. Speaking of R&B, Lonely, L-O-N-E-L-E-E, released Snow Flurry, with a classic R&B vibe on Breakup Anniversary, but an ironically upbeat bop in the song Slow Motion. More of a hip-hop vibe on Avenue, a more delicate side to his vocals, shines on Only. So yeah, he really has quite a variety in just a few songs. I also kind of like the thematic pairings. Songs 1 and 3 are in a similar vibe, similar style. Songs 2 and 4 as well. If you want more hip-hop flavored R&B, go to Exit on the album from Zero Wave called Off the Wall. But on the whole, the best song off of Off the Wall is Wearing Off. The song Wearing Off. But yeah, a fun electronic twist to Exit, which concludes the album. Mingho, Chase. This is a more lo-fi R&B vibe than I expected throughout. Some groovy jams like Waterfall, and then some piano-driven stuff like Chase. Groovier stuff, but all kind of just lower tempo, more vibey than melody-based. I initially had reservations about them picking Heartbreak as the main single that came out a while ago, but with its placement on this album, now it feels right at home, and I just changed my mind. It grew on me. I think it was single material after all. I also appreciate the lore, once again, of the SMCU connections, that pivotal car and car wreck that are key to the whole story I broke down in the episodes like the one called Espa and Quanya Volume 2, and of course then the teaser videos really just summarize the whole story. One is called Reality of Illusion, the other Illusion of Reality. 
So if you're not a fan of the slower tempo stuff and this album is not for you, hey, at least you've got some cool cinematic storytelling to go with it. The legendary Jarin, who I actually interviewed recently in a big celebratory interview, looking back at their whole career in review, 25 years on, huge milestone for them, and a really cool in-depth interview. They really dug deep and gave me some really interesting answers. So check out that profile at 17karatkpop.substack.com. One of the more recent posts that will redirect with a link to the Jarin interview is the one called January Content Guide, because it's in that roundup with other interview links and stuff like like that. Anyway, they celebrated in a surprising and spooky way with Merry Spooky Xmas, a Christmas meets Halloween, Nightmare Before Christmas-esque delight with a very weird, eerie, but I'm kind of digging it cover of Winter Wonderland. And their own, in their own words, demented twist on caroling for Xmas dogs. They add faint bells to remind you it's holiday music on Night Wishes, They keep it away from being too Christmassy, but the lovely sound of bells is still somewhat present. It's a very unique spin on Christmas music that could kind of work year-round. It's just a cool, creepy, haunted house vibe that I hope they eventually revisit. If you want a more Christmassy in the classic way release to check out, Moonbeal released Present, which was a present. I love that she went off of the charisma of her Cheese in the Trap video. That fun, playful side of her shines again. Very vibrant energy, although now she's expressing it in very different ways. The video that comes with each song tells quite a different story, and the songs themselves are varied too. I think the most crowd-pleasing is Present, the title track, so it was smart to put it last on the track list. Vivi's Various. First of all, love a good pun. Very us, with the S capitalized, love it. Second of all, this collection of songs really suits their higher register voice as well. And they also did what they have said in interviews they sought out to do, which is deliver a sound very true to them and new to them. Because these songs are, they sound like Vivi songs, but they also are quite different than they were in their debut days. For me, just an honorable mention is because, frankly, the music video for Pull Up left me with so many questions unanswered. Like, I need a follow-up story. What's with the car on fire? Odd order of events to go for the rebelliousness of setting a car on fire, then feel bold enough to mess up a convenience store shelf. Okay, whatever. The literal heads that explode, the people on the ground left, maybe dead, maybe unconscious, the graffiti-coated car, I have a lot of questions from how much did they devalue the price of that car to why did they target this convenience store? There's so much, I have to say. The highlight medley was equally perplexing. The teaser video had that DIY car, more fire, this unconventional feast. They're really going for some bigger story, I guess, that remains confusing. But like I said before, I like the direction they're going sonically. It suits them well. So I'm rooting for them, but I'm just saying this era leaves much up in the air. So we'll see where it goes. Speaking of some up in the air elements of storytelling. There's a new boy band called 8Turn, and they released their debut called 8Turn Rise. They have some interesting main scenes. One is the most loud, color-wise, aesthetically, visual imaginable, with this neon, glow-in-the-dark party bus ride. They also have scenes in airport security lines, where bursts of color follow them. 
They have 2D animations incorporated as part of their story. I feel like that's becoming a trend. More and more K-pop groups going the Espa route, adding some 2D elements to a 4D world. They have scenes where the gold checks on their phone apps come to life and just sort of float out of their phones. There's a lot going on here. I also just want to note, they return to that diner that I've talked about before. The Paradise Diner that every K-pop act seems to make their go-to diner setting. And I want a rich lore. Someone tell me a fun story about that place being haunted or that place having some other fun oral history. I need a full detailed docuseries style backstory. I want to see a full investigation how the Paradise Diner became a go-to for K-pop filming. In another scene, they wear shorts, and this seems like nothing, but you forget how often K-pop groups opt for long pants instead until suddenly they wear shorts, and that became kind of Ace's thing, actually. They were the group with the shorts. I miss Ace. Anyway, it's interesting they brought that back, paired with these cat ear beanies. Their style choices are really fearless. Their songs are quite fun, too. Trust me, Tic Tac, it gets catchier the more you hear it, so give it some time to grow on you cute, fun, optimistic messages with songs like We. And honestly, the song Wonder sounds a bit NCT-like. It has that noisy, industrial vibe I love from them. Some of NCT's more polarizing tracks I love so much, and they have that rough sound to theirs. Please support the new boy group BXB, which includes some members of the group Tracing, which I loved, Go Stream Missing, some of them are now in this new group. In Fly Away, their debut single, has a very dramatic K-drama-esque music video with kind of a high teen, schoolboy premise, a storyline that really brought to mind some of Six's, CIX's videos. Sheen Hua subunit, WDJ, released Come to Life. I like the title track Flash the most. It's a pretty cohesive-sounding collection of tracks, but still has variety in it. There's more subdued R&B stuff, there's livelier stuff, and they choose smartly to end with the slow, dramatic finale tomorrow. Shido teamed up with Vaughn from Nine Eye for Psycho, which is so good. Their vocal delivery off the charts. The pre-chorus has a bit of a Billie Eilish bad guy vibe to it. And it's overall got this very spooky cinematic feel. It's kind of like that J-pop artist I've talked about a lot before, Luz, L-U-Z. His kind of very eccentric haunted house vibe. AYU released an EP called Mistake with two A's. Nice. A very refreshing mix of EDM tracks. The Last Rock Stars, basically the super M of J-Rock, released their debut, The Last Rock Stars. That song is just everything, and it probably sounded incredible at the live premiere of it. Very big live concert feel to it. Twice dropped a very, very cute video for Christmas. A new home movie style video for Merry and Happy. Digital girl group Eternity returned with Snow Holiday, 3.50pm, which is kind of mesmerizing to watch in an uncanny valley sort of way. Karen CC released the single Go Love Yourself with a very interesting punk meets soft style with a cute fuzzy hat and sweaters, but also really dark, thick eye makeup, a spiky choker, just a very cool mix of fashion senses. Sori brings the attitude on her new song, Cinderella. She's been quiet lately, relatively, so I was happy to hear that. Che Suhuan, a Produce 101 alum, released the R&B Left on Read. Sean sounds as mellifluous as always with Omnibus Part 2, Inside Out. 
and the wonderful title track, Shooting Star. We're going to talk about the new Hybe Japan boy group and team in a whole episode about them. So stay tuned, but just know their debut really worth checking out, especially for the mini movie that came with Under the Skin. Not gonna lie, I listened to Forestella, this operatic vocal group, unironically. Like, I really do think they're just, they're good. I don't normally listen to choir-type music, but they are really impressive. Their vocal range, among them, just adds a big oomph factor to their singles. In the new song Utopia, their harmonies are just chef's kiss. Some beautiful voices, Woody on Say I Love You, Hansan Yoon on The Love Is Blooming, OST, Chu and George together on Dear My Winter, John Park, Love Again, actually the B-side too, Save Our Christmas, would be lovely to hear with the live choir. But Love Again is a good Christmas song for year-round, non-Christmas fans too. Steve Aoki made a cool remix of Nude by G-Idol. There's a new remix of Bury Me that you should check out by S-F-I-N-X, Santa and Rainich, R-A-I-N-Y-C-H. J-pop queen Kumikota is back with a new live album, Love and Songs. She also delivered the best of both worlds for angelic and devilish alter egos with the Wings EP and corresponding videos. Groups who play their own instruments, very underrated in K-pop, and one example is Uni, U-N-I. Go check out their song, Dive. Sin, S-Y-N, released an EP, Ms. 064. The song that really takes that album from so-so to great is the piano ballad, finishing strong with I Loves You. Little Glee Monster sound really good with the new members. They really fit in like they were born to be a part of the group, so that's cool. I was worried their reinvention would not be received well, but luckily it has, and you could see why with the song, Join Us. Make sure you check out the new remix of Phase Me, the fancy remix for Wusun solo work. I was reminded of how good 1OK Rocks vandalizes thanks to a Sonic Frontiers ad. That was not my bingo card. Speaking of cute animations, the BT21 adorable animated story for Would You is out now and it is so cute. Niju released Blue Moon, and the video for the song of the same name is really pretty to look at. Very cute preppy outfits and really pretty images of the full moon and starry night skies. Another beautiful video from Junio. Dear, she shows off such princess looks. So prom ready. Those dresses are so cute. In her cute braided hairdos, the sparkly makeup. It's such a pretty video. Han Jin-yeon released Color Mood and shows the title track wisely, going with the synth-pop bop, Girl in the Mirror. Ninoi continues to impress me vocally. She released No Mas, Noi Mas, N-O-I Mas, which is a punny title, and the best song on there is the jazzy Cheek to Cheek. War by Sonari utilizes an artful amount of autotune in the choruses. Now N-A-U-L, released Soul Pop City. Very, very funky retro vibe, lots of synths take center stage, and cool vibey mood setter visuals to go with the tracks. The best one, 1985. Non Mil Kim really surprised me. I was surprised how much I liked it. His song Wedding March. It's just so catchy, and the video is very comical. It's a wedding theme, of course, but the groom is way more eager. The bride seems like whatever, but she does wear a really beautiful dress, so if I were her, at least I could cheer up about that. 
Balming Tiger, Return with Trust Yourself, which has really great lyrics, really great reminders about being stronger than you think. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to get emotional. No need to put up a wall between you and the world around you. Show your feelings. Open yourself up to others. Take life one day at a time. Go easy on yourself. A lot of great reminders in there that totally pass you by if you don't stop to read the really nice lyrics because the video is just goofing off, having fun. You'd have no idea there's a deeper story unless you looked it up. Kim Soon Min dropped a new album, Double Sidedness. He mixes some higher tempo stuff with different types of songs with this electronified voice for fans of Ravi, G-Dragon, he also has interesting delivery, sometimes that's less like singing, more like rap slash talking. Interesting mixing sonically too, like electro R&B stuff, the vocal delivery that's more rap talking than singing on a piano track, so he combines some unexpected pairings. The best is probably What's the Time, which is a bit icon-ish, like the group icon. Camo released Mapsy, which merges R&B, trap, electric guitar, bass. She's all over the place, but puts it all together in a catchy concoction that brings the attitude, the whole persona, the fierceness in her music video. Really brought to mind BB's releases of late, which I love. Luz, L-U-Z, Luz cover collection, which brings his very, very quirky, very rapid thrill ride of a musical style to a new album. The bias to end all their biases. One of my favorite people ever. You know who it is just by me saying that. If you're a longtime listener, Taeyong is back with a live clip for Fine, his SoundCloud track. I've also been excited watching NCT 127 members release on Instagram the videos for their yet-to-be-studio-released songs they performed on the Link tour. Really waiting for the day we get a studio version of Yuta's Butterfly, Jaehyun's Lost, the Lipstick Remix, the extended version of Favorite with Doyen's intro. It's all so good. Plus rewatching Johnny's dance rehearsal, never not exciting. And of course, Taeyeon's Moonlight. Oh my gosh. The amount of times I put that on repeat is head spinning. Dreamcatcher released a fan song called Reason, but I love that it's not just like a corny, stereotypical fan song. It's classic Dreamcatcher sound-wise. So it's got more of a pop punk than a bubblegum pop feel. Some recent covers I've been loving so much. Keo from P1 Harmony's cover, G-Idol's Tomboy. And Soon Min from Stray Kids covered Yunha's Event Horizon. Lei Seraphim dropped the Japanese video for the Japanese version of Fearless, which is a super cute video. Very brightly colored, cute beauty parlor afternoon setting. Feels like a pop-up shop concept right there. I've designed the interior for a pop-up shop event. I'm going to do an upcoming episode all about K-pop times J-pop. K-pop Japanese releases because so many really, really catchy, impressive K-pop songs, J-pop songs by K-pop artists come out all the time and barely get talked about in K-pop spaces compared to Korean comebacks. But don't sleep on this stuff. Stray Kids release the sound, which is really good. Stray Kids have some of the strongest Japanese releases. And the full album called The Sound is coming later this month. Twice also has a really cool streak of Japanese releases, the latest being a unit song, Bouquet. Wendy and Mellomance sound angelic together on Miracle, which I also just appreciate for the just gorgeous cover art. No matter how much people don't like me saying this, sorry, I have to admit, some of Hatsune Miku's work, Bop After Bop! 
The song Miku, I also kind of love, unironically. It's very cool what Miku does, this vocaloid that fans give new life to and put their own music spin on because there's no copyright restriction. It's a long story. I talk about who Miku is, this digital voice people have utilized in many ways, in an episode called Miku Holograms in a Redefining of Reality. But anyway, go check out Thunderbolt with John Yakitori. That one's on YouTube too. And also her collab with Set It Off, Why Do I? That is a jam. Sorry, it is. Dust Cell have a new single, Antihero. Just wait till the post-chorus hits. Hang in there, I promise it gets more interesting as it goes on. And last but not least, One Wee Gravity. A compilation album, for the most part, but they also have a new song, Gravity, which is another standout for them. And I must say in the video, they have simple, but I think, A-plus fashion. As for English language releases that have caught my attention the past two months, Miley Cyrus' self-love anthem, Flowers. I love that it's broken streaming records. That's just such a nice message. Ava Max, Diamonds and Dance Floors. The song I'm claiming, Cold as Ice. Can't Tame Her by Zara Larson. So good. Really shows off her flux and casually just how impressive as a vocalist she is. And reminding me why I first got into her music years ago. Ain't My Fault and I Would Like. Those were the songs that pulled me in. Can't Tame Her has that same energy. Get ready for this year. Big for Zara Larson. Dove Cameron, also doing really well. And her new song, Girl Like Me, I Love. Lastly, it's not new, but I must admit, I'm loving the sped-up TikTok-ready remixes of Lady Gaga's Bloody Mary. And then I revisited the OG song and realized how slow it is by comparison to the sped-up versions. Like, it feels like it was meant to be faster. So lately, honestly, I've been listening to the sped-up version way more than the OG version. So Lady Gaga, please just record a slightly faster version. Anyway... It is a good song, though. I'm so glad that the new virality of old songs lets people see them in a new light. Like, oh, I forgot how good this was. Let's reminisce as a collective society. Love those moments. Keep the Bloody Mary remixes and dance moves coming. I like to keep things focused on just what's good, what I love the best, but sometimes I just have stuff I gotta say about releases that are really disappointing me. But I'll keep the negativity quick, and feel free to try to change my mind, but I have three anti-recommendations that I was not feeling. One is the Ice Cream remixes of Forever Only by Jaehyun. So unnecessary. Jaehyun's voice is just beautiful with a simple acoustic guitar. There was no need to remake that. I also think that Forever Only honestly bored me at first. I was like, that's what we got. That's the Jaehyun solo we get. But over time, I've just fallen in love with it and his voice more and more. So it grows on you, but it didn't need a remix to do that. Second non-recommendation. New girl group Maeve with Pandora. Now, I'm here for the digital idol trend probably a bit more than the average person because I talked about the issues people have with virtual groups in the Mikus of the world and stuff before on this show. Again, episodes like Miku Holograms in a Redefining of Reality, also in If I Can Turn Back Time, If I Can Find a Way V, in other episodes, I can send you a link if you message me on socials and want to hear more of my extensive thoughts on this because I did my senior project on this world. Anyway, the point is, once you really do a deep dive into that world of digital celebrity, you discover some surprising upsides and things you hadn't thought about before. So I'm not against them because of the concept. 
but this specific group is bugging me because their whole Pandora video looks like Quanya. It looks like Espa's avatars in their own space. It just seems derivative. They also seem to take from a very underappreciated girl group, Rocking Doll. Full disclosure, I did interview Rocking Doll and grew to like them more because of it. So a little biased here, but I'm just saying I'll be protective over that group because I think they're so underrated and put a lot of thought into an interesting music video world building premise about we're girls who crashed onto Earth from our respective planets and now are learning what human emotions are really like for the first time. Maeve's whole official premise, that same concept, like crash landing to Earth, learning to acclimate. So I just want them to be original. There's a lot of intellectual property they probably could tap into if an agreement was reached, because they are started by a subsidiary company of Keiko and Netmarble. Last disappointment I'll talk about. Sorry, my girl Yenna disappointed me with Love War. I will say on the bright side, I do love that she cites Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind as a movie that helped provide inspiration. I talked about that at length in the Fade to Black Pink series of episodes, breaking down all the movies that K-pop artists have referenced and draw inspiration from over time. Sorry for another shameless plug. You know how I am. I've been loving Yenna's smiley superhero adventures. I understand it's part of what K-pop groups do and soloists. They go for very cutesy concepts and very just fierce, in-your-face, dramatic, edgy stuff. They go for the extremes, and those multitudes are part of what is impressive and appealing about K-pop. So I'm not mad when artists do that necessarily, but there are certain artists who I really wish never did because they are so good at one specific type of concept. I'm just thinking, please don't be that kind of group. Please don't be that kind of group who swings from extreme to extreme. Yena was definitely up there on my list of artists I was holding out hope would never be like, I'm going to show people a darker side of me. No, please stay the cute, happy superhero in the bright, colorful, cartoonish world. The kids TV show aesthetic, the wholesome superhero adventure, please stay in that world. I don't like this turn at all. So many questions remain unresolved of her superhero adventures, from both Smiley and Smartphone, so ambiguous in their endings. So much more to say, so please don't take a detour into a very dark, gruesome story. Very, very disappointed. When I found out she was coming back, I was so hyped for Volume 3 of the Smiley superhero. This was so disappointing. But again, still totally rooting for Yenna. She was one of my favorites in Eyes 1. Thank you all for tuning in today, and I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody. Happy listening.